Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. And we're going to be looking at the Grant Morrison slash Greg Capullo issues of Spawn. We looked at the Alan Moore issue. We looked at the Neil Gaiman issue in great detail. Check out our deposition videos, Kayfabe Courtroom. We looked at the Frank Miller issue. We looked at the Dave Sim issue. And then it occurred to me that uh, Grant Morrison did a little trilogy of issues. But guess what, Jimmy? They were not drawn by Todd McFarlane. So after 17, fool me once, fool me twice. <laughs> Third time. I don't think I've ever seen that uh, issue number 18 uh, because I was very proprietary over my, my image characters and they only ever looked right if the, if the true creator drew them. So when I saw these weird shapes to uh, the spawn gimmick, when I saw all this extra musculature and actual kind of proper looking lighting, can't have that. You know, I like this cover, though. I do, I think, too. I think you did well with the cover. I even like that there's the weird color in his signature block. Um, but I'm with you. This is about whenever I start to check out of Image and Spawn in, in real time, you know, like when these were published. This, yeah. is, this is near the end of my reading run with these things. These were also plagued by, they were published out of order. Yeah. Um, I guess these issues were done while Todd is doing Batman Spawn crossover. And then they were published in this, like, strange order where, like, later issues of Spawn came out and they were missing these three and then these three were published so it just all was a bad mix and uh, started to drive me away from Image Comics and it's not just because of these issues but I didn't love these issues at the time. In the Neil Gaiman deposition we get some scoop on what those uh, those first four guys got paid uh, to write their Spawn issues. Hundred thousand bucks a piece man just a flat hundred thousand dollars and then it started to make me think about like Grant Morrison's position in comics at that time. Todd McFarlane will not deign to to draw the Grant Morrison stuff. He's like considered on a lower tier, I'm imagining. Like I bet he didn't get a hundred thousand bucks a piece. Maybe he got a hundred thousand bucks for for the three and he was happy to take it because he's on Doom Patrol and that's doing whatever it's doing, but it ain't doing spawn numbers. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny too because he also does Doom Force, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Sometime around here, you know, 93, 94, something in there, which is kind of like cutting promos on image and the image style. So it's an interesting choice to have that creator on. And it's kind of an interesting point in his career because it didn't seem like he was a superhero writer exactly, even though Doom Patrol is ostensibly a superhero comic. This is a long time before he's doing like JLA and you know, all-star Superman and, and, you know, all the stuff that he has done over the years, this is early. And it's like, what, who is Grant Morrison? What kind of stuff does he do? Um, Kill Your Boyfriend might be around the corner or something, you know, fr from this. So kind of an interesting moment in Grant Morrison's career, I think. It's, fu it's funny you say that, man, because like I actually pulled uh, Kill Your Boyfriend like for this week's round of recordings. And then I'm like, Grant Morrison thinking about our videos, thinking about our, our, our demographic, thinking about the fact that that Alan Moore video went about 30,000 uh, views in a, in a week. We're gonna save Kill Your Boyfriend uh, for, for another day and take a look at Grant Morrison's uh, Spawn. But like, like I said, it's a trilogy of issues and I've never even seen issue 18 <laughs> because of my uh, devoted loyalty to uh, McFarlane. See, like when I was cracking this open and I'm seeing these Jim Lee lines, like I don't want the Jim Lee lines in my uh, in my Spawn comics. And when Capullo becomes the regular Spawn artist, like maybe what we got to do maybe next week or something, if you have that um, Savage Dragon issue of, of Spawn, maybe, maybe we bust that one out. 
because he starts to adopt far more of the Todd McFarlane ticks, and then all is right with the world. Yeah, those two, I think, are a hell of a team. Cartoonist Kayfabe exists because you, the viewer, have been goodly enough to support our comic book projects that Jimmy and I have created over the years. Jim has a new one coming out March 16th. 316 says you got to go out and get a Hulk grand design. What Jim has done is taken uh, 40, 50 years worth of Incredible Hulk comics, more than 500 issues of material, multiply that by 22, and you got the amount of pages that Jimmy had to read in order to distill it down into its purest form. Two 40 page comics, the first one being Hulk Monster, the following month Hulk Madness comes out. 40 page comics apiece, taking all of that material distilling it down into its purest form and giving you the greatest Hulk romp you are ever going to read. We've supplied Jimmy with a bunch of variant covers. Here's the Eddie P variant that is sort of by way of the Todd McFarlane Herb Trimpey joint. Peach Momoko, the cottage industry and friend of cartoonist Kayfabe herself has provided Jimmy a fantastic uh, Hulk grand design cover. Marcos Martin gives you that quintessential transformation sequence that we all like to see in Hulk Grand Design. Jimmy, how many uh, transformations happen in uh, these 40-page comics? <laughs> Man, so many. And how many in the 500 issues? <laughs> that is, that is, the whole comic could have been transformations. Probably at least 500, right? <laughs> you got to have those moments. Anything you want to say real quick, Jimmy? Perfect for new readers. Uh, First-time readers are welcome to this comic. Like, I pride myself on readability in my comics. So if you've never read a Hulk comic but you love the Hulk, this is the book to start with. And long-time readers should love this book because it is my favorite moments from the Hulk, whether those are covers, uh, story moments, characters, artists, whatever it is, like, it's it's the Hulk. You know, I tried to pull the greatest parts of the Hulk from 500 issues worth of uh, sample. And... Um, Hopefully I've done it. So uh, good for first time or long time readers. You guys showed up in a big way in 2021 for uh, my Red Room comics. Uh, I expect you to do the same and more for Jimmy because this is a this is a known quantity, man. We know the Hulk. You want to see what Jimmy does with the Hulk. Uh, Red Room, the anti-social network, was the first season of Red Room comics that came out in 2021. Uh, we are hustling the uh, trade paperback of that series of comics. Uh, about 70 pages of addition, additional material in the trade paperback to go along with uh, supplement the issues worth of comics that you might have read before. You're getting the first draft of Red Room that was done in a very quick and dirty fashion. This is kind of like how I, how I uh, brain dump whenever I'm trying to come up with like my next round of comics. This was very successful in the X-Men Grand Design Omnibus and I had to include this kind of thing. Uh, maybe every comic I make from now on will we'll have this this kind of material included in the back. Director's commentary tracks, sketches, all kinds of stuff is in there. And uh, Trigger Warnings is the next round of Red Room comics. going to start coming out in March 9th, man. March is Cartoonist Kayfabe Month at the comic shop, so pre-order these comics. This is the standard cover for Red Room issue number one of Trigger Warnings due to some ransomware. Uh, this might be the lowest uh, issue one on record. For, uh, for the Red Room comics because the stores were not able to get all their orders in. I'd like to see it go into second printings uh, really, really quick. Within one week would be nice. Peach Momoko, the aforementioned cottage industry of comic book cover artwork, provided her piece for uh, Red Room. Jim Rugg, man, King Kayfaber, by way of Robert Crumb's Zack Comics number zero in true form. That is sick as fuck. And this is the Eddie P. retail incentive variant. 
kind of playing around with standard book cover uh, aesthetic. Get these comics at your local comic shop. Support our bibliographies, and we're going to be able to continue bringing Cartoonist Kayfabe to you. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. I want to point out the dedicated to Max Gaines. Always love the dedications in these things, and Max Gaines, interesting, uh, interesting name to put on there. Not, I, not Bill. I would, I would, uh, I imagine that that's like a Grant Morrison choice because I could totally imagine uh, Tommy Fong being like, "Oh, who's Max Gaines? I don't know Max Gaines." <laughs> Hey man, it's a good one, you know, responsible for bringing Superman to DC, responsible for inventing the format of the comic book. Pretty much, man. So not too bad. And, you know, spawning EC comics. Uh, so, you know, speaking of spawn, but yeah, once those two guys, McFarlane and Capullo sync up, I think you've got an interesting art team on your hands, but it does take a little bit of growth and a little bit of them figuring each other out probably. So it's interesting to see this in that kind of historical context. Yeah. I mean, they, they're still, you know, they're reasonably separated. Like when Todd McFarlane puts his hand on this guy's work uh, and then Greg Capullo is consummate professional. Oh, is that what you want, Todd? I'll give you what you want. I'll put like a bunch of little noodle marks all over the place if, if that's if that's what you need, man. Uh, Greg, man, that's another interesting career too. Like you look back on how early this is in Capullo's career, coming like off, coming of off a couple, of, you know, a little bit of X Force. You think of what he's done since then, and it's you know superstar, amazing resume, uh, huge high points all over the place. But at this stage, like just getting started and able to able to keep that regular schedule you know heck, heck of a guy he's one of those like just disciplined fellas you know he's weightlifter bodybuilder so he has the discipline in the gym and it's not like that just turns off right you don't just turn that off after you put the the kettlebell down off your off your neck muscle growth and i'd say another guy who's dedicated to comics you know we talk about all these guys that, from this image era that showed up when it was uh, two thousand dollars a page rate yeah and then left whenever it wasn't and uh, Capullo obviously still around decades later the uh, sort of mm, the, sh the, sh the shadow that uh, Grant Morrison sort of like lived in would be that of uh, Alan Moore yes certainly at this time and you can point to a lot of places man where uh, he's the little brother He's the senpai just trailing behind Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman and all, all those dudes. When they talk about the British invasion, he's like the third name that's that's brought into the mix. And when you read enough of his work, it really does feel like, is he doing this on purpose to a certain extent? Now, Alan Moore established the Fleabiac brothers uh, in previous, uh, in his <laughs> issue. So we got to have a couple more Fleabiacs. And I think this is the exact issue where it kind of is like that Swamp Thing comic where Swamp Thing goes to dig into the grave of, of Alec Holland and, and, or no, goes into the swamp and pulls Alec Holland's skeleton out from the sod. That's it. That moment is in here, man. It's true. And so is this moment. Well so done good. on that. Yeah, man, dude, this is... This is 1990s comics. This is a, a, a little town that's a gateway to hell, made out of the same material that Al Simmons is made out of, uh, which I guess is what comes out of this story. And they're just dropping soldiers in, like Wynn and some of the high ups in the army to like explore what is this? How do we weaponize it? Yeah, very Grant Morrison. Where's the sex, ma sex magic? Look, like you would not guess that this is Greg Capullo right here man these yeah. kind of like that feels like lightning comics blood fire <laughs> artists or something like that is some quick hack work right there well you know that's the other thing 
because these issues are published in the way they are, I wonder about the speed of turning this around. Yeah. Because it's really bizarre. Again, you know, if you weren't there, like, just they just skipped three issues of Spawn. Mm -hmm. And then it was kind of like, oh, uh, you know, buy them buy now, uh, coming soon. <laughs> like, it's really odd. Like, it feels like something went wrong somewhere. So it's possible it was like, dude, turn these around as fast as you can. Yeah. They uh, still retained the other two-thirds of the Moo crew on uh, Spawn. So you have Steve Olive doing the color work. You have Tom Orzakowski doing the lettering. And I say that because you got how many different fonts on a page here, which is also like how many different Ames guides is uh, Tom Orzakowski wheeled in because you got that one point size and you don't change it. Like when you set your Ames guide, you keep it there forever. You put the little piece of tape on it. I have multiple Ames guides that are set at different sizes for that reason. I have three. <laughs> Boy, and Tom Orzakowski earning his pay on this issue. Grant Morrison bringing the words. Yes, he is, man. And uh, we said it before, we'll say it again. Uh, if you are a bum living in Spawn Alley, there are probably going to be hoods coming to like set you on fire. Is that a trope or what, man? Like setting these bums on fire? I, I, I do hear about it in, in the news every now and then. But uh, what is that impulse? Yeah, that's a dark, that's a dark impulse. I always think about Spawn now because I don't keep up with it, mm -hmm. but like I hear about the homeless problems in, in uh, LA specifically, yeah, yeah. and it always makes me wonder like if Spawn addresses that at all anymore, and if so, how that looks, because it seems like it'd be a very different uh, version of homelessness than what you see in these early issues. There are moments that look good in this comic, you know, like like you can see Greg Capullo can, can do some stuff. Yeah. Uh, some of the spawn shots, I think, are really cool. And then I think this is your setup towards, um, well, not a setup, but it, he's going to do an Angela miniseries after this. Right. And I feel like this is some of the uh, some of the pieces there from Neil Gaiman's spawn fill-in issue and then, you know, moving on to the Angela miniseries. High-tech uh, angels, huh? <laughs> Operating an orbital satellite. Yeah, it's it's fun to see the build of this kind of stuff because, again, that's all Gaiman planting that seed and now Grant Morrison picking it up for these three issues. He's picking up everybody's stuff, man. He's picking up a little of the Alan Moore, a little of the Neil Gaiman. That's that's how that's how he does. And then he's taking this existing Todd McFarlane character who's kind of an ersatz bad guy, you know, like the 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 sort of guy behind the shadows, the Blackwater fella. And we're actually going to do something with him in this in this freaking comic. Got to establish his badassness, but he does have that uh that beer league softball player body maybe professional bowler something like that <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because he's his arms are so defined and ripped and then he's got that beer belly <laughs> you see those guys man uh those old wrestlers would be that way and just watch them dematerialize it's actually like it's only the dialogue that really lets you know that that's uh that that's um jason win you know it's a weird piece of storytelling You think Steve Olive drew this shit right here? Because <laughs> yeah. that's a small rib cage. <laughs> Armatron. <laughs> Armature. Armature, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's all color. Anyhow. Yeah, it's a weird, that's, it's all a weird choice. Here goes. Like, th like, did somebody look at this? Tom Orzakowski, the editor, Todd McFarlane, you know, the publisher. Did somebody look and be like, we need more on this image? <laughs> <laughs> on this page begins the swamp thing digging into the sod underneath the bog to pull out the alec holland skeleton 
In this case, it is uh, the corpse of Al Simmons, who was buried in the casket. And then we have the ubiquitous, no, <laughs> scene that you see in so many movies. And there is something real frightening about that image. I don't know if it's like giving him the, the Euro bridge to the nose. Um, he doesn't quite look meatballish there. It's a it's a striking image. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> <laughs> Cash and checks, baby. Got our Jason win. I feel like considering the first fifteen issues of Spawn, you should already have arrived at this uh, this question. You know, like <laughs> obviously something is not normal. Comics freaking work that way, dude. Like S S Silver Surfer still trying, still being a crybaby hippie. Jason Wynn get manipulated by the the uh, angels which by the way establish that he's a very bad guy so why would I uh, have him put uh, such a bad guy to use man it's gonna be the anti-spawn and this is what I call this character to this day they re they renamed him a redeemer I do wonder if it's a a vestige of um that Neil Gaiman stuff like like uh, he's the redeemer or something about changing the name because I remember in the uh, deposition stuff that we did, there was talk about Cogliostro. Is it have an A? Does it have an O? Is it the same character? Is it different? I wonder if if there's some weird word legalese wordplay that happens with that cool costume. Yeah, there'll be a, a few appearances of him throughout these three issues that look really good. I like yeah. the spikes and stuff around his helmet. Can't sleep on the uh, on the pinups, man. Specifically, the one by Dandy Don Simpson. The meddler, man, that's one of the bizarre heroes, Jimmy. I'm a big bizarre heroes fan. Yeah, I like that. I like seeing the the even his interpretation of Spawn. I enjoy looking at. Yeah, it looks real rubbery. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like you imagine him drawing a Spider-Man that way or something like this. Interesting how he was juiced in with the with the image dudes. You know, a couple issues of splitting image, uh, normal man versus uh, Megaton man, Megaton man versus Savage Dragon, and then a couple little cups of cups of coffee with these yeah i like to hope he got you know got a couple of good paychecks out of it because that was that era where it seemed like image was a you know etfs before etfs man you know like it seemed like the first year or two they sold in huge numbers um brad gorby i know him from parts unknown which i can't remember the publisher of that but he was sort of this guy that was you know fringy like should should be something should be the next big thing and i think that he does a few things around the spawn universe but never quite becomes like a greg capullo you know like the regular player there um, but an interesting, kind of an interesting artist and, and some stuff out there. Parts Unknown, not a bad comic. Jimmy, how cool would it be, man, not only to send in a piece of fan art to uh, an Image comic, Spawn in particular, but then you get the issue. Not only is your art printed, but freaking like all the optics is doing some, co some color work over top of your stuff. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Th this was a good move because you see a lot of the black and white line art printed in some of these books. Having the color really kind of spices it up nicely. All right, man, let's look at this next issue. Now, after uh, two issues of non-Todd McFarlane uh, spawns, I, your boy Ed's quit really messing with it. You're looking at that Ross Andrew? Ross Andrew. Second Ross Andrew dedication in books we looked at this week. Kind of cool. Um, I'm going to point out Mark Pennington on inks because mm -hmm. I think that he brings a little different flavor and like something like this hand to me, little McFarlaneism in that hand. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I uh, got some notes from Uncle Todd himself, man. Look at Orzakowski showing off, dude. You take a look close, man. These like lowercase T's, they're not the same. 
He's not, this ain't fonts. This dude is hand lettering that it's stuff. It's so tight. I stare at that and think about it, you know, as, as somebody who letters their own work and the craft on display here, phenomenal. Like very few human beings on earth can do that. He lettered a thing I did for, um, oh shit, Wired Magazine. It was like an Iron Man thing. Yeah. And it was like, it's one of those like weird highlights because it was like, where's Zikowski letters? You know, like it looked like the comics, you know, like it was like, yep, that's a professional looking comic now. Yeah, it's sick, man. Look at that uh, anti-spawn. Looks good, doesn't he? <laughs> the average person has quads. Yeah, those but are... But this guy has octos. <laughs> <laughs> this could totally be out of like derivative McFarlane ripoff comics totally. of the era. Thespian, perhaps, if that comes to mind. <laughs> This was the image that I really liked. That's badass looking. And uh, that's a great Capullo neck, I feel like. Like he's looking in the mirror to get that neck. Yeah, absolutely, man. And this piece right here, that comes from that cover of Spawn B Batman with the little underbite. And he saw that like that underbite really sells that Spawn face. It's pretty cool. Let's add it to this guy. This feels McFarlane-esque, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the bulk of it. Yeah. The, the weird little... Highlights on the cape, like like there's a lot of little bits there that feel like it. You have to abuse the things that you know in drawing to do Todd McFarlane stuff. Like this collar, you just have to you just have to ride the wave, man. You got to go with it. You can't you can't think academically through the drawing. You just got to do what Todd does. <laughs> the, the the cape is just so impractical <laughs> with that <laughs> collar and stuff. The uh. The job guys at the studios would have this kind of energy, mm -hmm. you know, the Marat Michaels and, and the Richard Horries and stuff. Yeah, that part doesn't remind me of Todd. Mm -mm. Solidifying the meatball head, which is very important. Todd McFarlane bats up there, along with that cape. Maybe he was doing that uh, Angela miniseries and, and, and figured out that stuff. That's yeah, a I'm quick not sure panel that, right there. That How about timeline. that? Yeah, that, that hand motif seems to be something he's doing, you know? Like like maybe a choice that does save some time, but we've seen a couple panels of it now. This is stuff that uh, Greg Capullo really excels at, these like very interesting looking monsters. And, and, and panels like this are really fun when you have the opportunity to do it because we don't see these demons anywhere else. You know, they get dispatched in a page. So you could just sit there for one panel and just just draw a bunch of cool monsters with no other thought because you're not going to have to remember what they look like in 3D to see their side view or top-down view. Draw five different monsters. Calls to mind Faust for me. You know, like people, I've, I've heard people compare early Spawn to Faust and like those kind of demons populating around backgrounds and stuff. Totally. Feels like that's a page out of Faust. Arlie Emery appearance. This is a crazy composition. <laughs> this guy's eyeball in the foreground. <laughs> yeah, look at those lines. You squint your eyes and I imagine a little bit of... um. Barry Windsor Smith, actually. I don't know what it is, but I kind of love it. It's a, mm. That's a wild composition. You love, the, you love that foot right there? Yeah, the foot's not as impressive to me, but sure. <laughs> I always think, like, what's a colorist do with that? You know what I mean? That shows up, and it's just a giant flat foot reverse silhouette of a foot sole. Like... Against black, so that is a focal point. Pure white on pure black, you got to tone it down somehow, or else everybody's going to be staring at that. And Spawn's just getting his ass kicked. Like, uh, anti-Spawn is, is destroying him, this issue. Yeah, man. That's a money shot. It is funny to see the little McFarlane-isms creeping in, because this panel, to me, feels like something that you could find in, a, in an earlier issue of Spawn. Agree. 
And look at that ble bloody cape motif. Pretty sick. Yeah, the, the costume is uh, being destroyed. It's dying. Functional mask with that uh, zapper gimmick. Love it. Blowing a hole through him. That's pretty fucking dope. It dude. is. The reflection. Sick. Yeah. But if it was a more modern uh, computer color comic, they would have took those holding lines and pumped them down, maybe make them orange or something to, to, to really separate it from like the black of the, the Redeemer's regular costume. This, another like Lightning Comics, Bloodfire, like Bloodfire issue one cover might even like look like that. Lacks all dynamics. And then it's that standard like cheapo uh, brick wall. We're running into deadlines right here. You're just prey. Look at the cod piece. I thought I thought he had a fly on his cod piece, and then I'm like, oh, that's water drops. I don't know if that's any better. No. <laughs> Some moisture building up on his cod piece. Time's up, Hellspawn. And Jimmy, I never even read the third issue. Never <laughs> even looked in it. What happens? Uh, Anti-spawn kill spawn. Yeah. But, oh wait, no, that's not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you you mean you mean you mean spawn wins? The uh, the status quo is uh, is is returned. As should be when you have a guest writer come into your. Uh, potentially multi-million dollar property. Does Jason Wynn ever come back in Spawn? Is that kind of the end of him? I wonder if that Redeemer character, if he's called Redeemer, he must show up again, right? At some point. Matt Boris, man. Put a little <laughs> something in the comments, dude. It is funny to read this stuff and think like, I had no I, I had no recollection of this story before reading it, rereading it this week. And like, it seems like Jason Wynn was one of the bigger characters in Spawn to be like, oh, here, Grant, write this dude out of here. So he must show up again, right? I, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Why not, man? <laughs> when you see pinups like this now, I love it. I love seeing like different mm -hmm. interpretations and stuff. At the time, I couldn't stand for that Greg Capullo. So you think I could stand for this right here with like, this is what I was talking about, about like, you have to like disabuse yourself of like academic drawing because this cape probably could work a little bit closer to real life than what McFarland does. It's boring. Yeah. I don't hate the Spawn figure, but you're right. At the time, I would have been not impressed by by it at all. No, it's a good figure. Do you know who this up. is? I is don't. this somebody that... I don't, but it looks like one of the Sign guys... Sign your work, Kay Fabers. It looks like the guy who would do like those star com star comics for for uh, for Eric Eric Larson. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, was it Ben Harara? Shit if I know. <laughs> Maybe it says in the inside. Yeah, you'd think it'd be credited somewhere, but... I don't know. Don't see it anywhere. No. Nope. I'm sure somebody can fill in the uh, fill that in that answer. More of the colored fan art. That is pretty sweet. The yeah. choice to color it is a good choice. I think so. Really takes it to the next level. Fun to see like what was going on where. Savage Dragon Eight was a big one. This is setting up the showdown with with Overlord, or possibly right after that showdown with Overlord. And yeah, uh, this is the issue after the splash page issue. Yes. So it was time to like go make sure he's dead. That's that issue. Yeah. And uh, Jay Lee. Dude, Jay Lee at his Jay Leeist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing covers on this on this joint. I don't think he does an interior for Blood uh, Strike. And then... Uh, How about that for a spread? Dame wow. Dame to kill for coming out. Wow. Wizard 32 is the era. I have a special I picked up recently from a 50 Cent bin, and it's Kid, Kid Death and Fluffy, like a Christmas or Halloween special or something. Rick Parker writes it, and I don't recognize the artist's name, but it is phenomenal. And it's like, what is going on? Like, it's it's the deepest cut from any event comic probably published. Yeah. And I swear it's my favorite looking. Like, it's, <laughs> it looks amazing. But, yeah, this is a pretty iconic image for me. Absolutely, man. All right. 
took a quick look at that. Grant Morrison, Greg Capullo, Spawn, and uh, we are forever changed, huh, Jimmy? <laughs> That's right. Good to go? I am. Kayfabers. Like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What is out there, Jimmy? Uh, Hulk Grand Design coming March 16th. Tell your local comics retailer to pre-order that book, to reserve that book. Uh, you can also pre-order Hulk Grand Design Madness coming in April. You can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see original art process, how I made Hulk Grand Design. And uh, mostly it's just all Hulk Grand Design for me. So tell your local comic shops, Hulk Grand Design. Red Room, the Antisocial Network, in stores today. That's the trade paperback collecting the, the 2021 season of Red Room Comics. But it's a new year, so we have a new season of comics coming out. March 9th, uh, Trigger Warnings, issue number one, is going to hit the stands. Every issue completely self-contained. Uh, this is going to be uh, the most hardcore issue that I've drawn to date until the second issue comes out. All of them self-contained, so you're getting a complete story there. If you want to take a quick look at that comic uh, and the following comics, before they hit paper, you can hit up my, hit up my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor. Three books get you the archive there. More than 200 pages of comics uh, on the Patreon as we speak. New strips every Tuesday. You could get to all of our comics uh, by way of the links in the link tree. In the description below this video, support our comics. It keeps uh, cartoonist kayfabe's engines running. What else, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. 50 plus thousand subscribers. We only have about 17,000 shirts uh, that have been sold. I'd like to up those numbers, Jimmy. Give them the merchant orders. We'll be out of here. Read more comics.